Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast which offers objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, he's too hot to handle, too cold to hold, he's called a ghostbuster and he's out of control, it's Anthony James. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. A lesser mentioned part of the, uh, the Ghostbusters sequel there. Yeah, I uh, like that song. <laughs> I honestly thought, based on one of our topics of discussion, I thought you were honestly going to go with, he's alright, he's okay, he's going to pump my gas someday, Anthony James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should have, in retrospect. Uh, but no, I went for a complete non-sequitur. I like that song from Ghostbusters 2, and yeah. I like Ghostbusters 2, alright? I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, welcome. If you're new to the show, uh, we are doing a, another movie diary this week, um, which is the show where we talk about all the things we have seen since the last time we did one of these. If you are new to the show, please consider uh, subscribing. Uh, we are The Culture Cave on YouTube. We are the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Get involved in the comments. Let us know what you've uh, what you've been watching this week. Um, and uh, give the show a like. It really does help. I think I haven't actually asked you how you are this week yet. How, how the devil are you? Well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're recording this on a Monday, and, you know, the week's Don't, started... No, it's Friday. Don't ruin the record, We're recording this on a Friday, uh, and yep. um, the, week's live. the week's over, and I'm just looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's been a great week. It's a bit dicey saying that with, like, the news at the moment, actually, well, so let's... Yeah. If, <laughs> it's if been a say, neutral week. See if, we're, see if we're, like, saying that, because we, we're not what we are on a Monday here... When I am pretending that it is a Friday, am I pretending that it's the Friday of the previous week, or am I pretending it's the Friday of the one I'm predicting for the future? Yeah, it's the one. It's the future. We're predicting the future. Okay. Well, I had a great week. I had a great week. Okay. Great. That's optimism. That's what I like <laughs> yeah. to hear. Like we, we, you know, we expect to have a great week, and then if it, you know, if it doesn't turn out as good as we'd hoped, Celavi, you know, these things yeah. happen. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, I think, you know, that's that's about as good a segue opportunity as we're going to get from this intro. So I say it's about time to talk about some gosh darn movies. I was born ready. Let's do it. Movies, we're here to talk about them. We're going straight into movie news. It's going to be very... I'm going to be very professional. We're not going to talk about uh, wrestlers who are in porn films this week. It's going to be straight down the middle. Middle of the road. Don't make that face. You you know exactly what you did last week. Um, I don't. Our, I still don't. I have to our listeners pleading rallies <laughs> rallied to uh, to point out your you filthing up the conversation. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's been some interesting movie news this week. Um, talking about casting for things. Um, Knives Out Two has uh, expanded mm. its uh, announced stars, uh, and it, and it appears like they're they're getting their money's worth out of that 450 million that netflix gave them to bring bring the movie to uh to their platform i think it's knives out 2 and knives out 3 that are coming mm. for that um so <clears throat> we've we've now heard that uh, janelle monet uh the singer slash slash actress yeah. Catherine hahn of she's in everything i i always yeah. say like wonder vision fame but she's in everything and has been in everything for like the last Step 15 brothers. years Step Brothers is what oh, i always think of great in Step Brothers, absolutely yeah. brilliant but the the so that it's it's weird you mention Step Brothers because not two hours ago was i watching the boats and hose movie music video <laughs> <laughs> and the little the kind classic. of the little kind of like sultry dance she does at the table where she's like like <laughs> It's just—it's so funny because the song is so ridiculous, and she's the only one at the table other than um, oh, what they call Brennan Huff and 
Uh, yeah, and uh, Brennan Huff. Yeah, I can't remember Do- the other Do- guys. Do- Dobrik or something like his yeah, last something yeah. like that. But but yeah, like, um, uh, Will Ferrell and um, and um, John C. Oh, Riley and John C. Riley. Yeah, she's the only one, the other person at the table who's enjoying it, and it absolutely <laughs> cracks me up every time. I went to see that movie on a date. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't go down super well. Oh, really? Uh, especially the fact that. Um, when the, like the the, the the joke in that movie, this is when I was like twenty, probably. The joke in that movie that got me to laugh the hardest was just the extended fart. <laughs> like, you know, I, uh, I went to see that. I went to see that film with uh, my wife Emma, actually. So technically a date, I suppose. Um, yeah. I wasn't married at the time, so yeah, it was a date. And um, I have, to, I have, to, I, I, I'm honest, I have to be honest with you, right? I there are funnier films than Step Brothers. But that was the funniest experience in a cinema I have ever had. It was a packed Saturday night in my local town, and yeah. everyone in the film was laughing every fifteen se- seconds. Like it was mental. Yeah, that's that. That's that's what I miss about the cinema. That movie magic of, of going to see something where everyone in the cinema is kind of there's an unspoken bond where you're all yeah. into it and you're all having a great time. Um, I had that with John Wick 3. That was probably the last time I had that where everyone was just like roaring every time John Wick did something incredibly violent. It was very satisfying. Well, um, I, ha- I actually had it for Star Wars uh, The Last Jedi because I went to see it on the midnight showing and everyone was really excited. And then, unfortunately, everyone left the cinema and like checked checked Reddit and went, "Oh, we're not supposed to like this." Okay, uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we were out there. My brother bought his brought his lightsaber to it, right? Oh my god, it what was a nerd. A, that's oh, Conrad, come on, you're 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 as big of a nerd as him. What, a, what but, an absolute nerd. What I was gonna say to you is, we came out of the cinema at like half three in the morning, right? We were standing out just chatting because we're gonna go back to our own cars and drive home. So we were chatting, and he was holding his lightsaber, right? And there was like a group of twenty people. It wasn't just me and my brother. And someone drove past at half three in the morning and went, fucking nerd! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, like, you know, you're, you're at half three yelling at us for watching Star I Wars. Lo- so. I love people that use nerd as an insult. In, like, the <laughs> yeah. pres- it always reminds me of the, um, the, um, the, the, it's like a it's like a kind of a college comedy that's on the TV in The Simpsons, and there's that guy who's making like a bra bomb, um, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and he says, uh, "This bra bomb better work, nerdlinger," and then like <laughs> and then blows it up, and the, and the and the pre- yeah, it's just so funny, and I I love I love nerd as an insult now because it just it's meaningless. Yeah, um, yeah. it's like yes, great time. Uh, yes, yes, good good observation. I will say about uh, Knives Out though, this whole mm. new cast that's been added. It's oh yeah, conf- I, I should say Edward Norton yeah. and Dave Batista are the other guys who are in this. Yeah, Dave Dave Batista. It's funny we'll always call him Dave Batista instead of Dave Bautista. Yeah, Dave, I'm sorry, Dave Bautista, but you'll <laughs> always be you'll always be the animal to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I will say something about this is I really enjoyed the first one. I thought it was actually yeah, fan- fantastic. Benoit Blanc, and it's oh, one yeah. of the ones where I watch it and I thought I really wanted to make a sequel. I want it to be Benoit Blanc again and everyone's mm. different. I want yeah. it to be like his series where he goes and solves different things. And I yeah. love that that's what we're, we, looks like yeah. that's what we're going to get. You, you, you want it to be like a, you know, adventure Sherlock Holmes kind of yeah. thing where, you know, or, or, you know, he turns up in a new town with a new mystery to solve and, and, uh, and, and, you know, as much of an all-star cast as is possible. And, you know, say what you will about mm-hmm. Netflix, just kind of like throwing their weight around to, to, to get the exclusive rights to movies. But, They've given them a lot of money and they're putting it to good use because they are getting some top tier talent for this. Um, yeah, and I can't it, yeah. wait to see how this works out. And also, like, is this won't be a deal breaker for me? Obviously not, but it's also an opportunity for them to actually have a bit of 
something. Like, think about like uh, Morse and uh, Sherlock and stuff. Yeah. Like, Morse. I, I, yeah. It's no. one for the kids. Yeah. I, I would actually really want. I'd really want them to call this something else, like not Knives Out Two. It's been called Knives Out Two at the minute, but yeah. I really want this. I, I'm sure Knives Out will be somewhere in the title. But let's be brave. Knives Out actually meant something in the first yeah, story. It, it wouldn't make sense if yeah. Knives Out was in the title. Let's That's have the, it be called the, something else. You yeah, know? that was one of Christopher Plummer's book titles that had like. Yeah. I I'm I'm 100% with you. I I think the cynic in my heart says they're not going to because the name recognition is 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 too valuable to to lose. Um, but uh, th- what I what I would accept as a compromise is if they if they w- retroactively went back and called it like Knives Out colon a Benoit Blanc adventure, yeah, and then just started doing that going forward. Um, a Benoit Blanc adventure, yes, something yeah, like that. Like something, something. But I I really hope Knives Out isn't in the title of this, just because it it, li- it limits the imagination. What if there are no knives involved? Yeah, what if this yeah, yeah. what if this one's about someone exploding or something? They have to they have to have knives somewhere. Well, well you see the knife is like they have to have it somewhere in the whole like the knives is the, are there somewhere. Like, iconic picture of all the knives in the circle, sort of the chair as well. It's it's I understand it's going to be really hard for them not to, but I just really hope it's like I also almost hope it's like a book series where everyone's just has a different name, you know. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I like the only character I'd ever want to see come back is Jamie Lee Curtis because she was very funny in that first movie. Um, she, yeah, oh, good. actually, and the oh, what, I always forget her name. The actress, the Australian actress who was in Hereditary as well, and Muriel's Wedding, um, who played like the kind of woke but like super lazy um, divorcee lady who was still getting a check to send her daughter through college. Oh yes, yes, I can't remember the car- yeah. actress's name. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, She's great. Tony Collette? Yeah, Tony Collette. Tony Collette, that's it. She's a phenomenal actress, and she was very funny in that. Um, but yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that. Knives Out was a brilliant film. I have every faith that um, that this will also be a brilliant film. Yeah. Now, n- another another exciting bit of news um, that's been that's made its way across the internet superhighway. No, information superhighway. I think is what we used to call it. You know, there's, no, lit- there's you know, there's literally wires that are underneath the ocean. Yes. They're big. They laid them like after the Second World War, and and now and then they have to relay them now, like soon because they're just these enormous like cylinders of copper. But yes, they Mental. did do that. It seems that's that's human endeavor, right there. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, not as crazy as the Bring It On series of cheerleader films, which is which are normally about like uh, a group of cheer. I, I, to be honest, I have literally never watched one, but fr- from afar. Oh, really? As a, as a layman, the impression I've gotten is that most of these movies are about a group of cheerleaders who learn the value of teamwork or friendship or love uh, as they compete in to become the best cheerleaders in town. Well, okay, okay. I'm gonna say if you didn't like Mean Girls because you watched it at the wrong time in your life, yeah, you're not gonna like Bring It On One. Bring It On One is the only one you could make an argument for being a passable comedy film. The only yeah. one. And it's only an argument, right? There's def I-, I watched it when I was a child. Like, you know, it-, it was funny to me then. It's you know, it is what it is. I don't think as an adult if I watched it the first time I would like it at all. Is that where you got served come came from, or is that a different movie? <laughs> You you've you've got. I think that was actually the name of a film, wasn't it? Oh, okay. I, I think that was from a different one. I there's a da- there's a dancing series of films called Served or something. It's anyway. It's, it's a different sure. thing. Bring it on is just about cheerleaders, and um, it's really strange. <laughs> it's really strange. It's almost like that. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of like there's not another team movies and stuff which take the piss out of this film yeah but when you watch the film itself it's not really taking itself too seriously either you know uh but it's not a great film by any means but (laughs) i don't understand why there's so many spin-offs of it well, I mean, talk about anthology movies like Knives Out. That's what these seem to be like because n- none yeah. of them seem to be. Re- they're, they're like the American Pie movies now. There's just no relation to en- between any of them other than the um, other than the first four. Uh, but yeah, yeah so uh, the uh, the Bring It On franchise, beloved by some people, I assume, is getting a spinoff uh, called uh, Bring It On Halloween, and this one is about a bunch of cheerleaders who sneak into a gym, presumably to practice, and get murdered. Um, it's a made-for-TV movie, turning up on sci-fi, and, you know, it'll probably be terrible, but maybe it won't <laughs> be. Maybe it'll stand, you know, in the great pantheon of sequels which have departed from the genre of their original. We were talking before we started recording, Alien to Aliens. Yeah. That worked. That was brilliant. That went that from was, horror yeah. to, like, action. Evil Dead to Army of Darkness, horror to to comedy. Maybe this is going to be one of those. Yeah, like maybe. Like I'm I'm lo- I'm looking forward to seeing it, which I probably won't. But it's yeah. the type of film that if it was made in the '90s, there would definitely be a knife going into a woman's boob and a silicon implant coming out. Oh, can you? Yeah, that would be that would be grade A 90, late nineties humor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would um, have been. I, in fact, I think that does happen in one of the scary movie films. Yeah, yeah it might fir- be I think the first the, one. I think it's literally the first scene of yeah. the first one. <laughs> I think Chanel. Yeah, I think you're right because they're they're imitating <laughs> Drew Barrymore's death in Scream, and and, yeah. and she gets stabbed in the lung, and in this one, it, whoever it is gets. St- I think is it Carmen Electra? It it's is. It's been a while since I've it seen is Carmen Electra. Movie. Yeah. Those were. I am one of the few. Listen, we're going to get to movies in a minute. All right, just settle down, you guys. You guys at home. Um, I, I'm one of the few people who will defend those later scary movie films, like the ones that had Leslie really? Nielsen in them. Well, a lot of people don't like the third one, the but Charlie it has Sheen Leslie Nielsen in it. Yeah, I thought they were funny. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen the one, like the Charlie Sheen one, where they take the piss out of signs an awful lot. That's the. F- Fourth one, I, I think. think. It's fourth one or something like that. I, I've seen. I like the first two scary movies. The other ones, like I'm sure I could put on and have a chuckle at. Um, the first two ones, I think, were pretty good. I liked uh, Not Another Teen Movie. I thought that was like the best. Like the fir- it was the first of the Not Another films, and it was, like, it yeah. was my, the only one that was any good in my opinion. Um, if you want to see Chris, uh, I've, said, I've said this literally the exact same thing on the, on the podcast before. But if you if you want to see Chris Evans with a banana in his bum, that's the one to watch. Um, that's true. He's a banana split. I mean, uh, that that is that is just objectively true. That does happen in that movie, and if you want yeah. to see it, I'm and gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's the only place Chris Evans has ever allowed that to be seen. <laughs> they also have in that film they they have a musical montage before the prom prom tonight, and it's just, <laughs> they just randomly go into it. There's a yeah. character there's a character in the school in another teen movie who's like always naked. She's an exchange student, and it's like and they're always talking about how great her outfit is, and then they go to. A- <laughs> They go to a party, and there's another girl naked there, and she's like, "I can't believe she's wearing my outfit." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, who even thought of that? Like, well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's taking the piss out of Shannon Elizabeth's character from um, from American Pie, who oh, know, yeah. was, the, was the foreign exchange student who got naked at the drop of a hat. Uh, and she was she was also in Scary Movie as well, actually. So she there was. you go, lovely lovely little triumvirate of uh, of influences there. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Look, look out for that on Sci-Fi sometime in the near future. I, I respect them for doing it. Maybe it'll be fun. Who knows? Out of curiosity, Connor, one question before we go. Just for the Dushk heads out there. Is Eliza Dushku reprising her role in this one? Who, 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 which one even is that? <laughs> is that the one from uh, the G- from Teenage Buffy. Dirtbag movie? She's from Buffy, isn't she? Eliza no. Dushku, come on. Elijah Dushku. 
That doesn't oh. sound like a real person. Is, is she the one from the teenage? Oh, the dush kids. The dush kids are going mad here. I'm gonna look her up. I've just made up dush kids, by the way. But uh, no, I love that. That's canon now. I'm the first one. How I'm do you first... spell Elijah? Is it L L E L I Z A? Eliza. E L I Z A. Yeah. Eliza. You were gonna hundred percent know who this is. Yeah. 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 She's the one. Is she the one from? Yeah, I think she's the one from. No, she's not. <laughs> Sorry, you just got my internal monologue there, listeners. She's not the one from the Teenage Dirtbag uh, music video, which is who I thought you were talking about. No, no, yeah. no. That's that's your woman from American Beauty. Yeah, I can I can never remember her name because she wasn't in that she, much. She's she's also in American Pie. She's yeah, Eliza Dushku was um, the bad she, guy in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, um, the one you're thinking of, I can't remember her name either, but she was the band <laughs> chick in. Uh, and that's that's what they call her in the film. Sorry, I'm not being uh, anything there. So the band chick from American Pie, who uh, your fella pretends to be a, a, a nerd for, and then eventually falls in love with her. Um, that's her. I don't know her name either. I probably will come back to me, but oh well. Oh no, you're talking about Willow. What? You're talking about the one who plays Willow in Buffy, the redheaded girl in, who plays Willow. Alison Hannigan. Yes, the one. No, from no, no, your mother. No, I'm this not. This is a, this is just a fucking train wreck of. of <laughs> no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Alison Hannigan. I'm Look talking up. about Mina Suvari. Mina Suvari, there it is. Ah. I don't. I don't remember why we were talking about Mina Suvari to begin with. To be honest, I apologise. It's because it's because you thought uh, the Dushkeds well the respect, <laughs> respected Mina Suvari, but they're the, they're the they're, they're the Suv Bros. The Suv Bros. Yeah. Um, the Mina Suvari ones. Uh, the Dushkeds like me. We're all about Eliza Dushku. If you are a Mina Savari fan, um, get in touch. <laughs> Let us know why. Yeah, the, hand, the, the Hand Dogs. The Hand Dogs for Alison Hannigan. They're the different group. We don't talk about them. This is a, a set. This is a, this is a, a like a convention that Anthony has come up with, which I do not endorse. I want to make that absolutely <laughs> clear. Anyway, we're going to swiftly move on from this segment. Now that we've talked about cheerleaders for a bit um, and, and female fan clubs, that's naturally going to lead us into... Um, Something that our own fans love. They've they've been they've been emailing in the million millions to yeah. say do more of it, uh, and that is of course the exciting new game show Back to the Future. Let's do it. I'm doing my like, country oh. Mac. <laughs> like, yeah. I okay. feel like I feel like a boxer who who trained for four months lost his first fight and now has been asked to fight again a week later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You st- you stood back up and you're like, I don't hear no bell. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're, ready, you're ready for another ready for another round. Um, okay, so for those of you who didn't catch it last week or who are who are new to the show, uh, this is the game show where I have selected a movie from 25 years ago today, as close to today as possible. Sometimes it's a few days out. Um, Anthony will have five opportunities to guess the movie uh he will hear five clues each clue he hears lowers the score he will get uh play along at home by all means i'd love to hear what you guys or whether you guys get it and if so which clue you got it on anthony are you ready i'm gonna i was born ready i'm doing like a game show kind of are you ready like kind of game show gladiator ready john that's exactly who i was trying to channel there was john anderson Scottish referee from Gladiators. <laughs> my first whistle. Whistle. Oh, yeah, um, I'm the first. Red, you go on my first whistle. <laughs> yeah, really, he really wrapped his lips around the W on that one. Whistle. Yeah. Whistle. Anyway. It's like, it's like uh, your fellow Alan from Two and a Half Men. When? When? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'll scream at my TV as a 10 year old. It's when. You <laughs> yeah, there's idiot. no H at the beginning. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. 
Quake. Okay, well, here we go with Back to the Feature. Here we go, first clue. This is the only entry in this long-running movie franchise where the protagonist never fires a gun. Long-running movie franchise where the protagonist never fires a gun. Straight away is making me think James Bond. Um, 96. Golden Eye. It's not Goldeneye. Oh. That's a good guess, though. That is a solid guess. You found his weakness. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, I think you would, str- <laughs> you would struggle to find a James Bond movie where he doesn't fire a gun. <laughs> I, I know, but long run, you know it. Yeah. No, I think you're about right with the date as well, then. Classic movie. Classic movie. But it's not Goldeneye. Good shout, though. Okay, second clue. Inspired by this movie, a helicopter successfully flew through a tunnel in Brazil in 2006. Oh, long-running series of films. Helicopter. Flew through a tunnel. (gasps) Is this Die Hard 3? It's not Die Hard 3. I believe there was a helicopter involved in Die Hard 3, so that is another good guess. Um... But no, not correct. I think he probably shot a gun in Die Hard 3, let's be honest, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, John, McCann, John McClane likes his guns, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, okay, clue the third. Writer David Coep adapted this spy movie from a well-loved 1960s TV show of the same name, which he also worked on. Well-known 60s TV show of the same name, but it's a long-running series of films. Mm-hmm. You'll mm. kick yourself if you don't get this one. That's all I'm going to say. That's all the help I'm going to give you. Okay. All right. Well, guys, it's it's even just for the funny funniness of it. Like, I don't even <laughs> mind if I don't get it for the gags. Yeah. Guys, wait, listen. When you're sitting at home watching the TV, yeah. it's very easy to get it. When you're here it's, in yeah, the studio, when, when you've got the pressure on you, <laughs> yeah. this is a this is a crucible. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. There's a lot riding on this case. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I'm not guessing this, but obviously I'm thinking Get Smart is one, but that was a f- comedy film much later. But that mm. was a, a series in, in the in the 60s, I think. Um, the A-Team? Does that count as a spy show? Also, it's 80s, I think that was. 70s? I'm going to have to push you for an answer. Ah, I really don't know based on that clue. Um, 60s. See, the thing is, it's a TV show in the 60s, but it's also a long-running... Yeah, the TV show was in the 60s. I think the TV show might have actually run into the 70s as well. Not not that I think that'll help you much, but... Um, and yeah, the, the it's a long-running series of films. Right. Okay. Oh, I'll clarify by that that they are still running today. That's what I meant by that. Right, okay. They're still running today. They are. That's what made me think Bond. Um, Jumanji? <laughs> Is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know this one, uh, this, this clue, so I'm just going to go Jumanji. It's not Jumanji. <sighs> you're, you're not that close with that guess. <laughs> okay, here we go. Clue number two. For two, for two points, if you can get this. Or clue number four, rather, for two points. Emilio Estevez 
of Young Gun's fame was cast in this movie explicitly so it would be shocking when his character died in the first 20 minutes. Now this this really is, that's actually quite a hard clue for one of the later ones, to be honest. This kind of annoys me because I, I, I've heard of this happening in a film. I, you have seen this film. I'm almost certain of it. Also, can I just, can I just say he's of Mighty Ducks fame? Let's let's put that up. Uh, put a pin in I that. I mean, um, okay. Agree Mighty, to disagree. <laughs> Mighty Ducks game changes fame. To be honest with you, Gordon but, Bombay. The new series on Netflix, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. He's in it, so he's uh, that's his fame. He's got nothing he, better he, to do. He's finally hit 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 his high point of his career. Yeah, um, he's Pete. Okay. Uh... Long-running series of spy films. Emilio Estevez was in it for the first 20 minutes. He doesn't fire a gun. Definitely seen... Well, you assume I've definitely seen, so it must be very famous. I'd be, I'd be very surprised if you hadn't seen this. If you haven't seen this one, you, I, I'm almost certain you have seen one of these movies. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, it's obviously American as well. They're still running today. Mm-hmm. There's a new one coming out, I think, this year. Next year, maybe. I'm really I'm struggling. For an answer. Conrad, you can answer I'm if you want to. I'm really struggling with this. If, if you want to pass, I'll accept the pass and we can move on to the final clue. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm never going to pass, let's be honest. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not Shawshank Redemption. Okay, right. final clue. This one's for all the marbles. If you don't get this, you're walking home with nothing. Yeah, well, I'm going to be walking home with nothing, but let's go. You might not be. Wait till I you might not be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. While filming a famous scene where he descends from the ceiling on wires and hovers inches above the ground during a heist at CIA HQ, star Tom Cruise had the idea of putting coins in his shoes to avoid hitting his head on the floor. Oh, uh, okay. I've got the series. Yep. Finally. I didn't know this was a show in the 60s. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't, to be honest. Or of our generation, at least. Okay, so obviously it's a Mission Impossible film. Yeah. The question is, it's the only one he didn't shoot a gun in. Mm-hmm. It's either... Obviously, it's either one or two. I don't know when the first one came out. I saw the third one in the cinema... Philip Seymour Hoffman was in that. He was good. Um, how we, it would be weird, wouldn't it, if he didn't fire a gun in the first one and then it, <laughs> That must be it. It must be the first one. Is that your final answer? You seem very happy to accept that. So if I'm right, I'm going to thank you for it, Conrad. If I'm wrong, you were very eager to see me get this wrong again. <laughs> so I'm locking in Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, the first one, yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's check the scoreboard. You are correct. It was Mission Impossible. Down and 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 down and
if it had been the second one, I would hope that you would know me well enough to know that I would have definitely put something about the Limp Biscuit theme song <laughs> like, yeah. in, in the keys here, because I, I, like, I, I, I thought about putting a clue in for the Limp Biscuit song in here anyway, but then I was like, no, it's going to be misleading. <laughs> so. I'm going to be honest, the only reason... I, the only, I have seen all the Mission Possibles up to see number three. I haven't seen any past three, but the reason why I went with the first one is because just the timeline of it like I yeah. I saw the third one in like what was that like 2006, 7 something like that yeah so, I don't think the second one came out till 2000 there was quite a big gap between the yeah so the I, I, I sort of there was no way Mission Impossible came out before 1996 so that's why I went for it yeah no well you've done well you're off the marks um, and so well done congratulations are due um, and, and congratulations to you at home as well if you managed to guess that before, oh they got uh, that far before me yeah, well, possibly, but who knows? I, I, I will say, Conrad, that I, I, you were confident I was going to get that just because you, you made sure to mention Tom Cruise. I did, but yeah, I, I, I stuck him in there. And, well, it's the final clue. So, you know, the, the, the final clue should be it should be helping you get over the line. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so congratulations. A, a, a first point for Anthony here on yes. Back to the Feature! Yeah! Okay, so now we are going to talk about the movies that we've seen since the last time that we did one of these. We said we were going to do it at the start of the show. We would never lie to you. Here we are. We're at that point now. Um, I've got a few interesting ones to talk about, including a new one. Um... I'm trying to think how to structure this. I tell you what, I'll go. I'll go first, and then yep. you go second, and then and then I'll 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 go third because one of them I'll, I'll probably go through quite quickly. Um, That's cool. That's cool. It's been a bit of a theme week for me um, this week in that I've watched things where people are running out of air a lot. Um, tell me how I'm supposed to breathe with no air. <laughs> Sell always. Oh no! Is that is, is that song called Air by Enya? I can't remember now. Uh, no, no, that's actually it's called Sail Away. Probably. I, I think you probably could actually let them do a, a copyright claim there because actually that wasn't. I think it was that wasn't Enya anyway. But it sounds very much like it. You're right. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you know, you get the general gist of the joke yeah. that we're trying to make. <laughs> so you know, you, you fill in the blanks yourself, and we'll all agree it was funny. I watched. A, a a gosh darn French movie. Well, it's actually a French American production. Um, this week it's uh 2021's Oxygen. It released on Netflix this week. Uh, it is starring Melanie Laurent. Uh, who I guess most people will. I'm, I'm sure she's like very well known in French cinema. I am a luddite when it comes to modern French cinema. So what I knew her from, and what I think a lot of other people will know her from, is um Inglorious Bastards, where she plays the Jewish cinema owner who plots to. Oh yes destroyed the cinema and, and killed yeah, great she was great in that film she was great in that movie um yeah she, she and she's great in this um which is a good thing too because essentially the plot of oxygen is a woman wakes up with amnesia in a cryogenic chamber um and she needs to escape she's stuck in it she doesn't know why she's there she doesn't know where she is um i thought you were and- gonna say she immediately goes and wakes up the hottest guy she can find no, that doesn't happen. Um, there are no other guys in this movie. Well, that's not entirely true. So morally questionable, <laughs> then is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she. The there is. Well, we'll get into the morality of this movie in a second. There's an inter- <laughs> some interesting stuff in that. She she is essentially. I mean, it starts as a basically like kind of a very simple premise. She wakes up. She's like gasping for air. There's sirens. There's beeping red lights. And immediately you're like, oh, this is going to be really tense. You know, she's she's kind of like 
it's it's it, she's almost like in a cocoon that, and she looks like she's being waterboarded because it was frozen and now it's soaking wet oh, okay. it's kind of like draped over her face um and the only other voice that she has uh to accompany her is the um kind of semi-sentient ai that runs the actual cryogenic chamber she's in uh voiced by matthew amalric uh who i i definitely know from something i can't remember what i've what i've seen him in before um but uh but she has to do all the acting and i will say for a movie that is literally set within a single box maybe eight feet long and four feet wide it never gets visually boring which is the first thing you're kind of concerned about with these kind of movies where it's like very much set in in one place um but it's it's um there's some like really kind of like virtuosic camera work to keep it interesting and melanie Laurent's uh performance is 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 really good it's the thing that the movie kind of hangs its hat on um it's um it's from a director called uh alexandra asia i think or aja um who directed like a crocodile monster movie called crawl in 2019 that was really right. good um and he he was very good at like kind of shooting kind of claustrophobic sequences in that was that and in french from... as well no that was uh that was an american movie that starred um barry pepper do you remember barry pepper he was the sniper in Saving Private Ryan and was also in uh, Tim Burton's um, Planet of the Apes movie. As the, He was the lead. No, I do not remember okay. Barry Pepper whatsoever. And like the, and the, he was a guy, like, after Saving Private Ryan, I was like, Barry Pepper's going to be a big deal. And I look back, <laughs> <laughs> look back at it now, it's like, I might have misjudged that one, to be honest. Yeah, they're like, oh, the world could only handle a pinch of pepper. <laughs> <laughs> That's like some Vic Vinegar and Hugh Honey level, <laughs> level, of, level of punnery there. Um, yes, uh, th- there is no Barry Pepper in this movie, unfortunately. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no, there's not a pinch of pepper for yeah. Melanie. Uh, Mel- oh, I can't pronounce her name now. Melanie Laurent. But surprisingly, to, um... you, it's not making it bland though. How, how give me give me a rough idea of how long we're going to continue this this this, this pun for i'll be bring it like 50 50 issues time I'll okay coming, so coming yeah we're gonna get we've, we've got to keep this one up in the air for about 50 episodes and we'll land it <laughs> land the plane on, on i'm just looking forward to you watching a film with barry pepper in it in about six weeks time and then going just so you know, Anthony, there's a pinch of pepper in this one. <laughs> I could have done that a few weeks ago because we had the episode where I watched a bunch of Planet of the Apes movies and that was the one I didn't watch specifically because I was like, Barry Pepper's in this, he's not very good. So let's... <laughs> yeah, he didn't live up to the billing. <laughs> yeah. He delivered a fairly bland performance. <laughs> yes, yes, yes! <laughs> anyway, um, Oxygen is pretty good. Um, it's... Um, it starts as kind of like you know a thriller. She's trying to escape. It's all very tense, and and, and it's um, you know she phones the police. She's they're like, oh, we're going to try and find you. Her oxygen is running out, hence the name of the movie. Um, but then it kind of gets into this weird. I, I I can't give away too much there, and there is a lot to give away with this movie. I think it gets into this weird like conspiracy theory stuff where there's like people to other people talking to the people she's talking to on the phone and it's like implied that they're lying to her right. um and it's also implied that she might be losing her mind because she keeps hallucinating and having these weird jump scare moments that don't really fit in with the movie um and it kind of stumbles over that stuff to arrive at a far far broader premise than it starts with um i will say it does end very strongly so i think it does eventually find its way to an interesting resolution with that broader premise but the middle is kind of boring right. but it's it's an interesting idea and uh, and a really good performance from uh, melanie, melanie Rouen. okay well sounds interesting definitely um it's got a bit of a <laughs> judge judge dread issue to be honest with you i know you love judge dread never seen it cool. but uh 
I put off that film to be honest with you because of the naming of the uh, the thing. Isn't is, don't they have the opposite name than they should? What's the the little things? <laughs> what of oxygen? No, no, no. In Judge Dread, don't they have like uh like like a thing that they breathe or something? And it's got a, the wrong name to it. Oh, it's called slow mo. Yeah, yeah, it's called it, slow mo, but it but it should it should be called fast mo. Well, it's just <laughs> yeah, we've had this discussion before. It's like, it's it's like, like no, I'm saying this is like this is ox- oxygen because it's called oxygen, but it be, should be called lack of oxygen or, ca- or carbon monoxide. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, any, yeah any, carbon, any of the carbon other dioxide. It should be called carbon dioxide. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Uh, the oxygen yeah. is fine. Um, so it's got the old Judge Dread problem, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, I you know, if you can get, if you can find your way, find it within yourself to move past that floor, <laughs> that, that obvious floor in this movie, then it's worth a watch. It it is worth a watch. It's it's a good tense thriller with um some oh there's some pretty gnarly gore in it actually as well i have to say if you're into watching people pull out like ivs from their own arms oh oxygen's got you covered i was wondering what gore are you talking about where it's just running out of air it's like well, the she, camera goes the... into her throat <laughs> yeah, yeah you see her like uh, bronchioles constricting in her lungs yeah. um no, there's work. like i don't know if it's a real thing but there's a, that she has like this kind of like umbilical band with the like hard plastic tube that goes into her belly button right. and she pulls that out and then needs to put it back in at one point and i was very much like ah no i don't like this at that bit so is the is the uh is there is there some um some con- some like sort of parallels there with gravity maybe too and the sort of the symbolism they're going for is it maybe like th- a baby I th- in the yeah room? i think there, there definitely is I, I think if i was gonna kind of like break this down into um more familiar works that i'll compare it to there's like a touch of moon in this um which i know i think i think you were a fan of Mm -hmm. um with like the kind of friendly but distant ai Uh, a touch of room as well um in in kind of you know using very limited space and uh and yeah a little bit of gravity as well Uh, particularly towards the end actually without giving too much away it, it gets quite explicitly into some of the same themes that gravity deals with george clooney just pops up and it's like yeah, start singing. Have, have a look music. at that book. Yeah, I've said my piece on George Clooney's character in Gravity. Fucking <laughs> dumbass spirit guide. Yeah, move faster in the clouds. Right. Okay. Um, you want to do one more, and then I'll do mine, and then um, finish with you, or do what you want to do. Let's. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll do one more, and then and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll spend some more time on your one because this one I was going to quickly mention as well. It's a, the, the next one I'm going to talk about. It is another another flawed movie, uh, but one I actually really enjoyed. Uh, it came out last year. Uh, it's called Underwater, um, and it's kind of I, I guess the like elevator pitch for it. It's which is very reductive as all elevator pitches really are, but it's kind of like Alien at the bottom of the ocean is kind of what it's starting uh, where, where it's starting off so it stars Kristen Stewart um, Vincent Cassell and unfortunately TJ Miller um, which is because this movie started principal photography back in 2017 before everyone realised what a huge piece of shit TJ Miller is um, but uh, so he is in it unfortunately <clears throat> but he's not a main character is he so... the guy from from Silicon Valley? yes he is okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and the, this movie just like goes and the first 30 minutes are this brilliant mashup of a disaster movie and an alien tribute so it's essentially this kind of like drilling platform at the bottom of the ocean um that kristen stewart is a i think she's an engineer on or something um and uh something rocks the station and we literally meet kristen stewart's character within two minutes the accident happens and people are dying there's water flooding into the station and uh, and they have to get off get off the station and that, that first like 30 minutes is like classic disaster movie really tense stuff um 
and it soon becomes clear that there are creatures that have been released alongside this accident that has befallen them and that the accident has not just befallen them but has befallen this entire network of kind of drilling platforms all around them um and during that kind of 30 40 minute stretch they nail the atmosphere of alien uh, the lighting is brilliant the set design even like the costumes they're wearing these kind of like really bulky um suits for walking across the bed of the ocean which i presume is what people do have to wear. Mm. I don't know if they're realistic or not. I didn't look it up. But they feel like a nod to the kind of like arcane spacesuits that they wore in Alien as well. Um, and it's got great pacing as well. Um, I think it struggles... The, the bit where it's flawed is when it needs to start ramping up on that initial atmosphere. Um, I think it doesn't do... I, I feel like it doesn't do a great job of making the monsters too much of a threat. I feel like more people die to just accidents at the bottom of the ocean than die to the actual creatures that have been released here. Um, yeah. And I think I, I like um, Kirsten Stewart <clears throat> quite a lot. I, I think she can be a really good actress in, in, in the right role. Yeah. Uh, she get asks to do a lot here, and I don't think the script is really carrying its weight. Um I think she kind of struggles a bit as a as a result. I think they're kind of trying to turn her into a very obvious like Ellen Ripley analog. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but that requires really really strong writing, I think. Um and she doesn't really have it. Her character isn't really developed very much. Okay. Um but but I mean it, all that said, it's still really good, really entertaining. It does ramp up to a a very tense conclusion. Um there is a reveal at the end that honestly I didn't get when the movie takes a bit of a left turn, to be honest. And I, I'm very much someone who should have got it. So I don't expect the casual viewer to really get very much from what the movie ends up going for. Um, all I'll say is that the movie kind of rushes into some weird occult stuff that's very oh. tacked on. Um, and I, I I basically, there's, there's, a, there's a moment in the movie where she sees... Um, a character's locker who has died and there's a bunch of like schematics of the different drilling platforms and one of them just off to the side has like a pentagram on it and i saw i was watching it with my partner and i was like is that a pentagram and then and then and then and then and then that was it and then the big reveal happens and i looked up what the big reveal was at the end after i watched the movie i was like oh okay that wasn't made clear at all (laughs) um but I mean, you know, in retrospect, it was cool and it looks cool either way. Like, but it's, um, yeah, it doesn't lean into the mythos that it's that it's going for as hard as I might have liked. But all that said, I very much enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, okay. if you're in, in the mood for like kind of a disaster monster movie, Underwater is is pretty damn cool. <clears throat> okay, that that sounds pretty cool. It, uh, it's interesting that you uh, were watch, watching a film with Kristen Stewart because it kind of leads into what I'm going to talk about, but not really. Like, she's not okay. in the film that I watched. Having said that, I was res- talking to Ema today, and I was watching um, the Cranberries play live, okay. and uh, I just thought to myself, I would cast Chris, uh, Kristen Stewart as Dolores O'Riordan in a in a Cranberries biopic. I could, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, um, but I don't. But I don't. As, 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 the reason reason it sort of leads into what I watched is because we talked a little bit about musical biopics and sort of how most of the time. It's just an excuse to show, like you know, use the licensed music, and you yeah. leave the you leave the film loving it because the last twenty <laughs> yeah. minutes were the concert. Um, there's an exception to that, in my opinion. Like, like Walk the Line is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. I this I didn't watch Walk the Line. I watched A Star Is Born, uh, which is the latest one. 
Yeah, well, it's not. It's not a. It's not obviously not a real life story. The latest one, yes. There's like yeah. four of them. I didn't oh, watch. God, there's I, so many. Yeah. Um. I. I am ashamed to say I have not seen the Chris Christopherson one. Um. I am a Chris Christopherson fan. Oh, but... are you? I thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not really a fan of his acting, but I mean, but yeah. you know, still, you know. Uh. Um. Although apparently he was it's great. Very... In Blade. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was very poorly, uh, poorly behaved towards Barbara Streisand. Uh, they didn't shocked. like they didn't like each other at all. Uh, no. Apparently, um, and he like when he was doing the bath scene, he like refused to wear his little like cover thing and all. You know, pr- if he did it these days, it, it, he would hundred percent like get me tooed. Um, yeah, but it was the seventies, or yeah, I guess it was the seventies when that was made. So. It was the seventies, and uh, and like it's that's not an excuse at the same time. Oh no, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know he should, I, he should, that shouldn't have happened. Just to it be should clear. not have happened. But I'm not yeah. I'm not cancelling him. But it should it shouldn't have happened. If we can all agree with that. But anyway, I watched the new version, and I've never actually seen any of the other ones. But I did know the story just because you know it is what it is. It's yeah. basically the story of every country music biopic ever. Um, Okay, so I'm on a bit of a Lady Gaga kick at the minute because of the documentary yeah. that I watched, um, and I've been listening to a lot of her music. I, I generally like Lady Gaga, and I think Helen O'Grady said in the comments last week that Lady Gaga gets a bad reputation by, by some sort of music fans, we'll say. Um, is the name of one of her albums? Does she have an well, album called Bad Reputation? Bad Romance? Is that an album? Oh, uh, maybe it's Bo- Bad Romance. Bo- bad Romance? Is that on Born This Way? I don't know which album that's on, but... Um, uh, Let's just pretend the joke I made worked in the context of what. Yeah, it's, it's like rah 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 reputation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, like it's it's interesting because a lot of pop stars these days, like they actually write their own music and stuff. So it's not like you can't. It's not like you look at them like the '90s pop stars and it's like, yeah, like they have a good voice and you know, but what else? Yeah, Whereas like, these they're days, not, like they're you, not doing any of the creative. Like, yeah, legwork here. Whereas exactly like a lot of the pop stars these days actually write their own stuff. You know, like yeah. Katy Perry, for example. I don't like Katy Perry as much as I like Lady Gaga, but also I'm not. Oh, yeah, come on, there's there's faults in her. But anyway, I'm on a Lady Gaga kick, so I thought yeah, I'd, I thought sure. I'd give this a good give this a go. Um, and I think that overall the film worked for me. I think mm. that they did what they were trying to do. I was really impressed by the chemistry between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Mm. Um, and it's something that I, after seeing the film, I went and watched all their performances of the particular songs from the thing after where they did like, the Oscars and stuff. And they have a lot of chemistry. Um, they're, they're, they're very good. They, they are very good in this film. Um, it is a real trope in a country music film. To have like you know the old the old musician who's like an alcoholic, alcoholic and addicted yeah. to drugs, and if it's if it's a biopic, you can kind of you can if it's an you know, if it's a, if it's a biopic like Walk the Line, you you can you can forgive it that because they are telling the real story of a person. Um, I don't really know why Bradley Cooper thought this story needed to be told again. Um, <clears throat> but having said that, I'm glad it was because I enjoyed the film. I thought it was well made. I think he Bradley Cooper did a great job. He directed it too. So. Yeah, um, directorial I th- debut, I think, as well. Which yeah, is I think like a hell of a debut. Yeah, no, he did really well, and it, like he's got a good voice on him. Um, he's uh, some of the live performances uh, since the film came out, and they, that he's done. You know, he's up and up to the standard he was in the film. Um, but he's not a singer. You know, he's not he's not practiced to the same level. But I liked him. What I will say is that um, it felt a little tropey, but that's because it's basically a remake of the film that started the tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as that, uh, the music was good. Um, the the main song shallow from this film have you do you know that song yeah yeah I, so i i've seen this film a couple of times oh, yeah. actually i i really like this film yeah. um 
I was actually going to ask you whether you knew because I've not watched the the others either. I'm, I'm aware of them, but I don't know whether the songs in this were original for this version or whether they are adapted from earlier versions. To be so, honest. I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga wrote them. Okay, she wrote "Shallow" anyway. I'm pretty yeah. sure she wrote most of the songs in this film. Um, and uh, so she wrote "Shallow." That's why it's, it must be a little different than the other versions because the whole way "Shallow" comes about in the film. Mm. it's it's actually you know it's part of the story so you'd imagine that it's a little different than the other ones yeah but uh so also i will say actually the, the way that they like they they write the song shallow together and it's really cool the way that they're, they're talking about it in the in the car park and then in order to get her onto the stage you show he shows his talent too and he writes his own verse of it and then she comes on but that happened about 40 minutes into the film yeah i i honestly thought the whole buzz around the, the song shallow I thought that was going to be the huge crescendo of the film. Um, and when it wasn't, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, I think they, they return to it at the end, don't they? No, they don't. They don't. Is um, that not the final song she plays at, at the... Um, no, spoil- no, no, Spoilers for A Star Is Born, I guess, but... Yeah, no, no, it's, it's not. It's a sad it's, show at the end. Yeah, it's, it's a sad one. No, no, it's not. It's not the same It's not the same song. She, she, oh, okay. she, she plays a song that they wrote together later on in the film. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, it, it it comes back for a split second when it shows her at one of her concerts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no. I, you know, you've seen it a couple of times. You probably agree with me that it's it, it is a bit tropey, but it, it works. What the, what they've done in the film yeah. really really works. I, I also enjoyed uh, what's the actor's name? Um, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> yeah, that's her dad. Like, do you know the comedian oh, no, Andrew no, Dice no. Clay? Yeah, no, just, I'm like, not, tells I, a I filthy joke. <laughs> And it goes, oh, <laughs> like, and I was waiting for him to do it in this, and he didn't, <laughs> and I was very sad. Well, Dave Chappelle appears as well. He does a good job in it um, for a very oh, short time. Oh, of course he time. does. Yeah, I'd forgotten Dave Chappelle was in. Yeah, blink and, blink and you'll miss him uh, role for, for Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I can't see the name of the actor I'm looking for here, but it's he's in Hamilton, uh, and he's really good in Hamilton. Not Sam Elliott. No, not, no, no, no. I want to talk about Sam Elliott, actually. Okay. Because I was, when I, when we, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't look up anything about the film before I watched it. I didn't know who was in it. As soon as, as soon as Bradley Cooper started speaking, I was like, well, is he doing a Sam Elliott impression? <laughs> yeah, there is, there is a lot of like, I feel like they cast Sam Elliott and they work backwards from there to get to Bradley Cooper's well, character. Yeah, so like, then you find out that Sam, Sam Elliott is actually his older brother. Yeah. Much older brother, because his dad, his dad in the film had him when he was, when he was 65. Yeah. But, but I actually listened uh, and looked it up, Conrad. Apparently, that's why Sam Elliott agreed to do the film because uh, Bradley Cooper brought him in and was like, "Yeah, I'm doing this film. Really want you to do it." And I think Sam Elliott might have been in that Christopherson version too. I think there Could might be something. There might be something there. Yeah. But uh, so he said to he said to Sam Elliott, um, "You know, here's I'm working on a voice. Here, listen to this. It might freak you out a bit, right?" <laughs> listen to it, and he was like, "His voice," and he was like, "What the hell?" And then he agreed to do the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm impressed by Lady Gaga. I assume we're going to see her acting more, especially considering I would assume because of the lockdowns where she couldn't do music shows, uh, she would have got her agent to get her more acting work. Yeah, um, well, and she's very good, I think. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I, I agree with you um, that, you know, that, that it's, a, it's, it's quite... Um, it is quite stereotypical in a lot of ways, but I think this movie kind of like lives and dies on its performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think um, Bradley Cooper and 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 Lady Gaga are both really good in the, the, this movie. As you said, they've got great chemistry with each other. Um, what what did you think of the <clears throat> what? To me, this is probably my favourite narrative arc in in this movie. Uh, the the one between Sam Elliott and Bradley Cooper, because because to me that's the that was the one that really pulled at the heartstrings. Maybe because I I I am yeah. an older brother, but. 
Yeah. Well, I'm an older brother too, and it, yeah. there was. I really liked it. I did. I did. I, I really liked it. I liked. I, I liked even at the moments where they had sort of the, the 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 moments between them. It was very much thrown on at the end of the conversation and then run away, so you don't have to deal it. Deal with it. The mm. the if you want to see like encapsulated uh, in one sort of one shot is Sam Elliott's performance in this film, and it's when Bradley Cooper finally says to him like you know. You are my idol, not dad. Yeah. I, it was you I looked up to, and then he runs away off because he didn't want to talk to him again. Like, yeah. you know, he, he just wants to get it out. We've said it now, and, and off he goes. Yeah, and then and then Sam Elliott turns around to reverse the car, and his face—he's been crying, and it's just such a performance in that one yeah. shot. Uh, and like, I agree. Sam Elliott has a like he—he's—he's he's got one of those like he's such a like. He he's just such a presence, like like, and you always know what you're getting from Sam Elliott. But he's so capable of like having that pathos that when when you see him cry or break down, it's just so impactful because of how he carries himself. Um, yeah. And absolutely, that 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 kind of the culmination of that story arc in in The Star Is Born really really worked for me. Um, it wasn't quite as good as it, but it did have shades of his performance from The Ranch with uh, Ashton uh, Kutcher. I've never watched that. I I refused. To, uh, as soon as I saw that there was canned laughter, canned laughter in a in a comedy a sitcom in 2018 or whatever that came out. Like, what year is it, guys? Who thought that was a good idea? They cancelled the OA, but that five seasons yeah, keep it coming. Yeah. I think like, they didn't even have the heart to call them seasons. I think it's like five parts or something. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, that thing looked so shit. Um, yeah, I didn't actually watch it, but I know he's in it. No. Um, I will I will say before we end, in terms of the chemistry between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, the writing of the film, um, which Bradley Cooper did have a part in, I really love the little moments. Like their relationship does feel real to me. Like the mm. little moments at the end. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about what actually happens at the end, just in case you haven't seen it. But at the end, whenever uh, Bradley Cooper says to her, um, you know. Hey, and then she turns around and says, "I just wanted to see you one more time, or whatever." Yeah, uh, just echoing the past, you know. Mm. Um, and then she does the whole thing with her nose, which she yeah. did, and and like, like that constantly comes back, even in little montage moments where you see the little inside jokes they've got together. Yeah, I love a film and a, and filmmakers who put those little moments into relationships that yeah. really make them realistic. You know, well, I, I think the breakdown of their relationship as well is really believable. Like the 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 the, the moments where they are arguing because he's gotten drunk or she's kind of strayed from her from from his kind of like pure creative vision for her which is a, it's an interesting it's yeah, plot I, I have that. actually I, I have some thoughts on that which I I forgot to get into but yeah so one of the messages of the film, not a message of the film, but but Bradley Cooper's character doesn't like that she went down like the pop route yeah okay singing about um, guys asses and stuff like that yeah exactly and um I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I understand what he means, and I think even, like, uh, Ali, Lady Gaga's <clears throat> character, probably understood what he meant. Um, but, you know, we also saw when she was at her concerts, she was singing the song Shallow, she was playing the piano. Yeah. So it's maybe maybe Lady Gaga felt akin to it in some way, because when Lady Gaga first started, she had, like her first single was Just Dance, and that was she's, she's been known to say that was her least favorite because it was the one she had the least control over. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I, I think... I think I don't think the, the the message of Bradley Cooper's character that she was some in some way betraying herself really read fully through the film. I think it was more showing his jealousy, like he was. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily what it's trying to say. I, I think to me, it's it's coming from a good place. Like he doesn't. He essentially. I mean, I think the entire 
the the kind of overriding emotion um, of their relationship together is is one of fear that he doesn't want her to make the same mistakes that he's made, yeah. and and doesn't want her to like lose this gift and this voice that she has, and unfortunately it manifests itself in quite a controlling, manipulative way when he starts to see her doing things that he mm-hmm. thinks are are. Uh, you know, uh, departures from this vision he has for her career. But like you say, I mean, ultimately, I think I believe the resolution between them after that. Yeah. But I also think the the argument they have after that, where they're really horrible to each other, and it's a really well written argument. Yeah. It's very like it's very believable that at that moment these two people who are obviously deeply in love with each other like absolutely hate each other. Like it's yeah. it's it's hard to get those kind of arguments right and i think that one absolutely absolutely worked for me yeah no no i agree uh, good good film i'll definitely be watching it again that's for sure awesome okay well that's that's actually um there's an interesting point um to segue from from that to my last movie um and that is of course you guessed it barbara streisand um i barbara streisand. <laughs> yeah um I have have i seen a barbara streisand movie before i don't think i've ever seen a barbara streisand movie before this one um you didn't see the guilt trip with Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand. No, I did not. Probably uh, <laughs> the road not taken. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of musicals. Um, yeah, so there's lots I. that I haven't seen. Uh, there is one that uh, was released on. Well, it wasn't released on. It, it, it came on Netflix um, a few months ago now, and I was like, oh, I should watch that. Didn't get round to it, and then I saw it on Sky, and I was like, okay, I'm finally going to get round to watching this. And uh, that's 1968's uh, Funny Girl, which is directed by William Wilder, who was a one of the most versatile directors i think of all time um he he yeah you know, he did stuff like this which is kind of half very kind of like jaunty old school um musical and half kind of like drama basically mm-hmm. and then he also did stuff like ben hur and roman holiday so you know he could turn his turn his hand to pretty much any genre of movie and make a really good movie out of it um and it's got a got music from uh, from Jules Stein who is like famous for basically contributing incredibly catchy music to loads of different things yeah um and yeah it's it, it's it's it basically tells the story of a young barbara streisand who's like a young jewish girl in new york who is trying to make it big in broadway i suppose it's set in like the the, the 30s i think it's the 30s or the 20s um so i don't know if that would actually be broadway at that point but um but certainly in the in the theater scene in new york and she meets a, a man called mr arnstein played by omar sharif who kind of whisks her off her feet and it's essentially a two-part movie the, the first part is her like ascension uh like in, in her career and the second part is her trying to kind of save her relationship as arnstein struggles to accept that he is not a success and can't support her or the family and is basically like a letdown um as a husband and father to their children um okay so not the same themes as a star is born but actually in the same ballpark similar yeah definitely similar And, and i think funnily enough i think if this was made today it would have ended in a similar way it didn't end in a similar way because it was a 60s musical um mm-hmm. but i think you can read between the lines to arrive at a similar conclusion okay. um the first thing i'll say is that as someone who hasn't really seen that much of barbara streisand before she is so goddamn good in this uh, she won an, uh, an oscar for her performance in it and she just has such presence such charisma and it's funny talking about lady gaga and a star is born you can see why they cast her in that um when like uh, Streisand was in the in the seventies one with yeah, Chris yeah. Christopherson because there is definitely a similar kind of 
I don't know what you call it. It's like a kind of impish charisma. Like there's a little bit of mischief to them. Um, You know, they can be funny. Um, They're they're not just like pretty and talented. Like there's a there's a lot of like personality to them. Um, And Streisand is just amazing in this. Um, And Omar Sharif is obviously a fantastic actor. I I love a lot of stuff that Omar Sharif has done, but she performs circles around him in this movie, particularly when he's asked to sing. Because God bless him, Omar Sharif, great at a lot of stuff. (laughs) singing in one of them and uh well, and that's, actually, ha- that, that's a big thing from from musicals in that time that they had a lot of men who would just like talk sing you know yeah and that's kind of what he does like he, he well his is more like kind of whisper singing like he mm. kind of goes hello my darling and it's like uh, okay like barbara streisand is like belting out show tunes like don't rain on my parade and then you've got omar sharif kind of getting this well for a start the one song that omar sharif gets is basically about him trying to get her to hook up with him um before they have dinner which I didn't realize people ever did that. They basically go into this like private dining room when he's trying to woo yeah. her, um, and there's like a chaise lounge in the in, like in the uh, in the in the dining room, um, and they order and then they start hooking up on the chaise lounge. It's like eat the food first, guys. Come on, <laughs> like you're not gonna be able to clean up after this. Like you know, That's... do the thing that requires hygiene first, and then you can you know do whatever you want to do. Um, so he but, just like whispers because I was thinking I was when he said that he's not a very good singer. I was picturing like Rex Harrison in My Fair Lady. Where he's just like, or like, or like, you know, the guy from uh, Mary Mary Poppins, a British bank. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not quite as bad as that. Like he does try, he does try to sing, but it's um, it it's it's like there's just there's not very much musicality to 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 his like uh, performance. It's very like he hits the notes and it's serviceable, but there's like <clears throat> there's no power to his voice. There's no the, the, he doesn't really get to put very much charisma into it. Um, and it's very obvious when you're next to someone like Barbara Streisand, who at this point was kind of like hitting the peak of her powers. You know, she's charismatic, she's funny, she can she can dance. Um, she's offering something you know yeah. exciting and new. And he's just there, like, "Hello, I'm Omar Sharif. I'm in David Lean films," and which is you know not not a bad thing. But that that's why you've got to give it up to Bradley Cooper though, because. He he went up against Lady Gaga in yeah. a film about singing. Like what? The well, and I think I think uh, you know he he's not um, he's not a great singer. I don't no. think in that movie. But I also feel like he made the right choices. I guess like, this is a, this is an issue of genre, really. Like because in that in in A Star Is Born, Bradley Cooper can kind of work uh that they can change the music to suit his limitations as a singer so you know he's kind of like a rock country singer so he doesn't necessarily need to be you know singing these like like belting out these these songs that are really about the 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 solo performance Mm -hmm. um whereas in this uh, like it's a 60s musical so ultimately like the 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 voice and like the 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 kind of performance is what is going to sell it um and he he doesn't do a very good job of it um but apart from that, like all the other music is great. Obviously, "Don't Rain on My Parade," as I've already mentioned, is a, is a famous song that I think most people know. Um, yeah. It's it's great. There's so many good songs in this, and there's a very very similar section, um, a very very similar song rather, um, towards the end after um, uh, Streisand's relationship has fallen apart with uh, with Omar Sharif. 
where she kind of gets up. like she's always been like everyone's like oh you're this charming like funny girl like uh, you know you're you're the you're the belle of new york um and she's always like kind of protecting her like relationship with with him and like trying to paint him in a good light even as he gets worse and worse at gambling mm-hmm. and committing crimes and then she has to go up on stage and sing she sings a song called my man i think uh which is like the only time in the movie where we ever see her really be sad and it's very mm-hmm. similar to the end of a star is born in that, that suddenly all this emotion comes back in that performance um and it's notable because um this movie kind of forgets it's a i, I don't want to say forgets because it's deliberate but it kind of stops being a musical in the second half as it as okay. it drops like the lighter tones and becomes this this drama about like most disney films yeah exactly once once you get into the meat of it it's like right we're stopping singing now mm-hmm. We'll get back to that at the end, yeah. um, and it does drag a little bit because the the, the songs are really where Barbara Streisand si- uh, shines. But um, she she you know she manages to carry it through, and then we get this this phenomenal um, phenomenal ending. Um, and, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lovely movie, uh, and that, like one that I've been meaning to watch for ages. And I'm glad I finally got round to it. Well, it sounds great. I'm I'm a big musical fan, as you know, so I, I will be checking that out eventually. I'd say. I thought yeah. you were going to say Yentl, to be honest. No, I've never seen Yentl. Um or Hello Dolly. I think that's another one of her musicals mm. that was like in the sixties. I think I'm not sure when when Yentl came out, but I feel like this is this was sixty eight. So I think this might have been kind of like the last hurrah for Hollywood musicals, to be honest. Because by the seventies, they were down to essentially just being Disney movies. It was like I, I, it was that mm. live action musicals were kind of too expensive. Well, um, Yentl was eighty three, and that's, I think that's oh, why. Was it? Oh, okay, I, I think that's why. I think that's why the Greatest Showman did so well because it was just like it was out. It's like it's the first. It's it's the first like um, movie original musical in ages not counting High School Musical well yeah I mean it's like ages. La La Land and High School Musical basically. Yeah. and I, I, I yeah. lo- I'm going to be honest with you now like I love La La Land I unreservedly love La La Land I think that's a really good movie The Greatest Showman has a lot of problems narratively it's garbage and I, I think there's a there's a lot of problematic stuff in that script where they just whitewash what that guy did to um, to you know people with impairments or you know physical disabilities but it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> like but I really enjoyed it. This is me. Um, oh. if you if you if you like the Greatest Showman, go and go and watch the uh, like they they did a performance uh of a couple like the of the whole thing to get the film greenlit. Yeah. And um, if if you want to cry, like that's my that's my go to cry cry video. Oh really? Like, you you watch uh, the actress who plays the bearded lady sing "This Is Me" to get like to get the film greenlit, so they are giving it at all. <clears throat> Yeah. Hugh Jackman sings his "From Now On." You know that one. So he he he. he oh, he doesn't he, sing um, "A Million Dreams." He sings them all, but they only released a couple. You know of, oh, okay. of this performance. But so the reason they released this one is because he actually didn't sing that one actually because he had a skin cancer in his nose, oh, okay. um, and he and he had it removed, and the doctor said he's not allowed to sing. So he was standing there for the whole time, just like motioning around, you know. So the producers who were going to greenlight the film were like, "Okay, he'll be doing that one, okay." Yeah. But then in the, it's it's really worth watching because it really is really moving and really, really great. Is that he actually starts singing? Uh, he's like standing there motioning, and his little his stand in is shouldn't say little. His stand in is um, his singing. His underling. Huge, huge, huge Hugh Jackman is everyone's yeah. little. Um, so he's uh, he's doing he's singing, but Hugh Jackman's like, "This is my big hurrah song." Mm. And even though the doctor told me not to sing, I've got like sixty <clears throat> stitches in my nose. He's like, "I'm gonna do it." So he just like starts singing, and yeah. then he eventually he's just like belting out the song at the end, and, yeah. and everyone's going mad because he's, he's just like he's like screwed the skin cancer. Da da, it's just so good. 
Okay, after what I love the music in that. I think that that the music and and the um and the uh like production quality, so that like the choreography and and the, and the, like the blocking and the way the, mm-hmm. the 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 numbers are shot, I think is what saves that movie. <laughs> and, well, it's what it made that. Well, not saves yeah. it. Not, it's what made that movie. Like, because yeah. it, it is a huge success. You know? Yeah, yeah, un- unbelievably so. Like, it just just kept making money. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so um, that that was that was funny, girl, and uh, you know a brief a brief discussion on the Greatest Showman as well, which Anthony and I both agree is pretty good. Um, <clears throat> but I think that's going to do it for us here on the uh, the best movie podcast ever, which leaves us with just one simple question to answer, as we always do, and that is, Anthony, what is your favourite movie? It's got to be the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it's a great shout, Bombay. Um, I was trying to Ducks the, fly trying... together. <laughs> the, fl- the flying V doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It shouldn't work in hockey. No, of course it does because the the pucks at the back. You know, pucks yeah, at the back. I, well, okay. I feel like they, I feel like a, a, a great coach would be able to outcoach that. <laughs> like flying to... V. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't know. It shouldn't have worked past the first time. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do it once, and that'll work. Yeah. But then it shouldn't have that... kept. It shouldn't have kept working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like in semi-pro where they they learn to alley oop and dunk, and they're just like, we don't know how to deal with this. It's like just block yeah. the alley oop, just like go up to them and contest the alley oop. It's fine. Anyway, my favorite movie is Alien. Um, <laughs> next week's okay. show is going to be another movie diary. Uh, I think no, not I think. I'm going to say it is because otherwise, yeah. who knows what's happening. Um, yeah. Thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Escarrett for the use of our theme song. You can check out links to their stuff down in the thing below on on mm-hmm. youtube or i think on the podcasting app i've never actually checked if you can see it on the um you can i, I put episode. it in there so oh well there you go anthony's on the ball uh, and thank you to you for joining us uh please consider subscribing to us on uh, the culture cave on youtube or on best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps if that is your preferred means of consumption uh give the show a like get involved in the comments let us know what you have watched uh this week and what you thought of the films that we've discussed uh, and we will see you same time same place next week and cut.